we need more men stepping up and being the best versions of themselves so that the next generation looking up could could be taught those ways and then it can go on forever and ever. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Today on this episode, I have with me Ryan Williams. Uh, Ryan has a very interesting background. He is an engineer and an author of the book, What in the Fatherhood? Smiles, Snuggles, and Sacrifices. And he co-authored that with his wife. We'll be talking more about that. But more importantly, he was uh, a monkey owner at one time. So I can't wait to talk to Ryan about being a monkey owner. But first, I uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you know um, we have a big event coming up. It's actually called The Big Event Montana. It's going to be held in, drumroll please, Montana. We're going to be doing all the things that I want to do with other men. And it just so happens that most men want to do those things as well. And uh, we have an, a fabulous lakeside uh, house rented for everyone to stay at and enjoy in Montana. The mountains in the background, uh, just an incredible opportunity to meet other men. We have some amazing speakers, including Rob Wolf, Jason Picklow, Aaron Guyette, uh, guys that are going to bring massive value. We're going to do be shooting guns. We're going to be throwing axes. We're going to be doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We're going to be rucking. If you don't know what any of those things are, um, you need to come. If you know what those things are and like them, you need to come. If you, if you know what those things are and aren't sure if you like them, you need to come. They're all going to be instructional at whatever level you're at, it's going to be amazing. But most importantly, it's the bonding and surrounding yourself with men who are like-minded, want to be better fathers, leaders, husbands, and individuals. This is the event for you. It's in September. And so go to brotherhoodfatherhood.com, check it out. Uh, hit me up on a message if you need more questions, because uh, it's incredible. And I've just barely kind of dropped what we're doing, but it's going to be an amazing event. But without further ado, welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I actually just came back from hiking with my son and my wife, so awesome. <laughs> a little bit tired, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good tired. Um, how yeah, old is your son? He is three, so anything to burn energy. And trust me, I think that that one and a half hour hike just did it. <laughs> That's that's great. Yeah. Well, a lot yeah. of energy. I mean, anybody with toddlers. Um, oh, yeah, man. It's a it's a whole nother world. And and uh, I think it's important to stay active. So it sounds like you're doing that with your wife, staying active yep. and kind of keep up. Uh, is that your only your only kid? That is my only son. Um, only kid. Yeah. Only kid for now. We, we plan on having more. We just don't know when we want to get started with that. <laughs> Well, we had one and we realized how hot it was. <laughs> that's really kind of the basis for this conversation, right? Like, hey, yeah. uh, I've had a kid or I'm having a kid. What do I do? And you and your wife wrote this book, What in the Fatherhood, which is a really cool um, title. And so first of all, Thank you. I, I want to know a little bit about you because you're, you don't, you're not originally for the st from the States, if, I, if right. I'm looking at this correctly. When that's did correct. you come to the States? So I, um, I came to the States in 2010 
um, officially. I would visit from time to time. I would visit New York um, area most of the time. But I moved from Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, let me say it slower for the people who may not get that accent. Trinidad and Tobago. And I moved to Wichita Falls. It's two hours away from Dallas. And it's a very small town. There's the school and then there's the base. And so I went from an island to that <laughs> crazy transition. But I went for school, spent four years, five years there actually, in Midwestern State University. Is that where you met your wife? That is where I met my wife, yes. Because she too is from a, an island, but it's a different island. Um, not close, so we didn't meet like on the islands or anything. We actually came to Texas to meet each other. <laughs> This episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast is brought to you by Direct Hemp. Direct Hemp are the CBD experts who stand behind all of their products, their providers, and all of the great science behind new innovations in the space. So I've been using some of their products, uh, specifically Charlotte's Web Sleep Gummies. This is a hemp extract infused gummy with melatonin. And I'll tell you what, my wife and I have both experienced amazing results from using these sleep gummies. We're sleeping better. We're waking up more refreshed. We're falling asleep faster. We're getting more REM sleep. I really pay attention to my sleep analytics. I have several apps and devices that actually record how well my sleep is. And these things make a massive difference. And why do I care? Because sleep improves, good sleep improves judgment, recovery, it reduces stress, it reduces inflammation, it improves memory and aids in weight loss, among other things. And these are all scientifically backed facts. So you need to be getting better sleep. And the best place to get your sleep products is through Direct Hemp. So check out the show notes. There will be a link to get 15% off. Use the coupon code BROTHERHOOD and you'll be on your way to better sleep with great tasting, very effective gummies, as well as hundreds of other brands and companies or uh, products that you will enjoy. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, Wichita yeah. Falls at that. Yeah, no kidding. Wichita Falls is like, if for anybody who doesn't know Texas, I, we just wrote, drove through it and um, yeah. on our road trip. And it's like, right. uh, you know, grasslands coming from the north. It's like grasslands, mm -hmm. plains, and then it's kind of deserty, dry, and then there's Wichita Falls, and then it's back into nothingness. That's so correct. <laughs> it's just out there, and if I remember correctly, it's super windy there. Or it, it is. It is. Yeah, you could you could see tumbleweeds, um, tumbleweeds <laughs> at times. Like I've seen that before. It it's. I mean, you can't really get into much trouble there, so it's great for school. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have nothing but to do your schoolwork. So, yeah. When did you meet your wife there? Was it like right away or no? So I went in 2010, and I was doing my engineering degree. That school has a, has a huge international student organization called um, CISO, so Caribbean Students Organization, and they recruit students from um, different islands every semester. So she came in 20. 12 i want to say mm -hmm. and we didn't that's when we met we didn't officially get together until 2013 if i'm thinking about the timeline correctly so no she i was there by myself for two years mm -hmm. doing other things and then she came and i was like i guess i fell in love when <laughs> i saw her so that worked the it? rest was history yeah 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 that's a, that's awesome. So you guys got married and, um, 
you you obviously i think you said you're an engineer if that's correct yeah yeah i'm a mechanical engineer by trade um did four years in midwestern state for my bachelor's two years at university of texas arlington for my master's okay so yeah. you, you went to the bigger city once you uh once you got done with college <laughs> no i was like yeah i came down to arlington and even then that school was just transitioning from like a commuter school to actual mm. university where people stayed on campus and stuff so i never really got that big school big university experience but my experiences were, were good though yeah yeah i went to small colleges so i i totally <laughs> understand it's, yeah exactly it seems these these massive colleges completely different culture like people talk hey, about it i just don't even understand it's me so too cool. man that's me that's me and work when they start talking about texas a&m and oh right yeah like ut austin i'm just like uh, yeah i and went if you're to western state <laughs> and i've only been in texas for i think seven years and if you aren't like from one of the main schools in texas or like Oklahoma State, you're like this outsider. Like, yeah, exactly. Be on somebody's side. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> it's, I'm That's not right. Like, where else? <laughs> you got to be an Aggie or you got to be this. I'm just like, man, I went to Midwestern State. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to feel like there's other people in my league as well. I mean, we got the education we needed. And uh... exactly. <laughs> I got the degree. I, I have the proof. Yes. I did the classes. That's right. That's right. So, um, so let's talk about when you had when you when you were expecting for your first child. I mean, you guys, how long have you been married before your wife got pregnant? Man, we were married for a year. So we got married in August, and then um, he was born the next year in November, November fourth. So not long, honestly. Oh. Um, we it wasn't planned, <laughs> but we were married, and we weren't not trying but we weren't like trying as well you know so it just kind of happened mm -hmm. and it was this running joke that we always have where my wife would sometimes be like oh my stomach hurt. i'll be like oh you're pregnant or she'd be like i feel lightheaded i'll be like oh you're pregnant and it was always a joke like leading up to that and then one time i was actually right oh boy you know what they say about a, a broken clock right it's it's, it's correct twice 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 of the day so one time i was actually correct and <laughs> turned out she was pregnant oh man yeah uh, yeah so you um i i'm curious how you went from like you have your first kid and you decide mm -hmm. to write a book i mean that is like a really big yeah not a small undertaking i mean you're you're yeah what were the things that where you're like hey we've got to write a book because mm -hmm. I, let me let me kind of phrase this and and paraphrase this or why i'm asking this so many men will post not recently, but very frequently in the past would post like, I'm, I have, a, I'm expecting a kid. What do I need to know? And my mm -hmm. answer has always been, there's no manual out there. Yeah. <laughs> it just that's doesn't exist. There's that's nothing out there. And, um, I'm like, just talk to people, be prepared for a myriad of emotions. Um, be, be a supporter and a provider and don't expect anything in return. That's kind of my message. Exactly. <laughs> love, love, give and give more until you don't think you can anymore and then do more. Oh, hey, because yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there. <laughs> yeah. So then, how do you come through this experience and say, "Yeah, we got to write a book"? And were you planning to write a book before, well, during the pregnancy, or where where was this conceived itself? So perfect question. Um, so one, I always wanted to be an author, right? That was like one of my things because I would read self help books. Um, my first book I think I read was 
Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. One of my schoolmates said you should read this book, and then I didn't like reading. Ever since then, I was hooked because I realized I didn't like I didn't like reading. I didn't like what I was reading before. What I was reading before was school books, textbooks. I started reading things that I could actually learn from. Uh, well, I was learning from textbooks, but I was actually learning like life skills, etc. So I was like, okay, I need to eventually stop being a consumer and actually contribute to this space one day. And then I just was like, I don't know what to write about. I didn't have any content. So when my wife got pregnant, it wasn't like, aha, uh-huh, I'm going to write about this. What actually sparked it was I had a couple friends, and I say a couple, it would be more than two, coming and asking me just how is fatherhood or what it's like being a first-time father or like how is fatherhood going? You know, this mm-hmm. variation questions of what is what 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 has fatherhood been? And you could, we went down the path of the, you know, the cliche answer of, oh, it's good. You know, I don't really get to sleep that much. But then we started getting deeper into it. And I started saying, well, yeah, I don't get much sleep. But imagine again sleep and still having to go to work and perform like if you had eight hours of sleep. Or imagine if, you know, it's your first baby and you're having thoughts about, Am I going to be able to provide the best for this baby? Am I going to be, able to go be the best person, best man for this baby? You know yourself better than anybody. You know what you struggle with. So then those insecurities start coming up in your head. Like, what if he picks up this bad habit that I had before? Okay, I need to break this generational curse. Or I know how my dad was with me. Am I going to be like that with my son? Or am I going to be different? And you start having these conversations. I start having these conversations with my friends. Sometimes it might be at my house, sometimes it might be at a bar. I mean, we're at the middle of a bar and we're talking about fatherhood instead of like, I don't know, sports or something. It's just weird. Cool. And then I said, <laughs> yeah. And then I said, well, maybe I should, I wanted to write a book. Maybe this is the content that God was saying, hey, you should write a book on this. So I sat down one day and I made a plan and I just said, okay, I figured out how much words I wanted to end up with. I think I said 40,000 and then I said, okay, now I need to re-engineer how I'm going to get to 40,000. So I just came up with 300 words a day. Wow. And yeah, so I would do that as much as I can. I mean, every single day I was doing 300 words a day. Sometimes it would be more, obviously. And then even if I had, I, I didn't have my laptop on me, I'll do it in my notes. So I'll just do it on my notes on my phone and then copy, paste it, email it to myself and then put it into my word file. When I, when I got the time, but that's what sparked it. Honestly, it was just conversations with friends realizing that they were, some of them were expecting, some of them were um, thinking about having kids soon because they were married and realizing, man, there's so many younger men out there who don't know what to expect. And a lot of that is because our fathers didn't talk to us about that. Right. And it's just no fault to our fathers. That's just what the, the cars that they were dealt, their father didn't talk to them either. So I realized, hey, since I went through this, maybe I can help somebody else going through it. Obviously, it's not going to be the same. I like what you said. There isn't a manual. So I always tell people my book is not a manual on fatherhood. This is my experience. And maybe you could take things from it. Maybe you could take what you want, leave what you don't want. But if you read it, you're going to get an experience from a man perspective of the pressures that you may face, the challenges you may face of being a father, especially a first time father. Yeah. I mean, just to take the time to like reflect on every stage. I just don't think many men do that. 
And I, it, yeah. it's, it's a little bit of a blessing because I'm looking through, I mean, I read it, but I'm looking through the Thank you. table of contents. It was a real easy read, actually. And it was like, Thank you, man. A lot that's, of, that's, like, what that's, that's the biggest compliment I could get. <laughs> oh, good. Because I, I was like, well, you know, I, I've had kids. But the thing is, is it brought back a myriad of emotions. It was like, yeah. oh, I remember that. And we're so young, usually. And we're kind of, kind of. If you, if you don't mind the expression, walking like zombies through this experience, no, we're, no, we have yeah. no sleep or very little sleep. We're yeah. subjected to our own emotions. Like you said, that, that insecurity, what if, how am I going to, and then you <laughs> stack on top of this, the, the undeniable myriad of emotions coming from your wife, yeah. extreme glee and excitement to absolute terror and horror. Man. They are going through hormonal changes. So you have, you have topics in here. The very first chapter, I mean, is basically what I just said, the roller coaster of emotions. And yep. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, yeah. Hectic days, frantic nights, daddy duties, um, the protector role. Like that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. And you even go into postpartum and then, you know, you do a wrap up, which I think is, is phenomenal. Thank you. I like that you approach this from an engineer mindset. Because, <laughs> yeah. okay, here's what I have. I need to deconstruct or yeah. backwards construct how I'm going to do this. Um, how did you, I mean, how did you go from your own experiences and unwrap that to be of use to anybody? What was, what was your thought? What was your process in that? My thought process behind it was I understood that what I went through, I'm, I always like with everything in life, I feel like I was always like, I'm not the first person that is going to go through it at all went through it. And I'm not the last person that's going to go through it. Mm -hmm. So the things that I was going through and feeling, I'm like, I know there are other men out there that feel this way. And it, it was confirmed when I spoke to uh, one of my friends, a co one of my friends who I speak to about these type of topics all the time. His name is Matthew and he had his kid before me. And we'll talk and I'll be like, did you ever feel that? And he would be like, yeah, he would confirm. And, but the thing about us is we would feel that way, but we don't express it to anybody else, right? Because almost as a sign of weakness, almost like, I don't want to feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to feel like I don't know what I'm getting into. So that helped confirm among talking to other people. And I felt like the things that I spoke about is really basic things. It's like the change in like just being involved from day one, right? Like that's, that's basic, but it's just that I feel we moved away from that in society where the manager is supposed to go, I don't know, just watch sports until the baby turns three or four, then you could actually do stuff with the baby. But I'm just trying to push that narrative of being involved from day one, because that bond that you form from day one is super important to me. So it's nothing that it's nothing that was out of the ordinary to me. It wasn't anything um, extravagant. I was talking about basic things. Yeah, I noticed that it, very basic, but you hit the nail on the head. Nobody talks about these things. It's just yeah. it just happens. And I feel like, quite honestly, most men feel like they're on an island. You know, yeah. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know to ask. And I think what I kind of found from the book was just the vol validation of like what you're going through or what you've been through or what you're going to go through, what right. that looks and feels and tastes and smells like. No, yeah. And um, I think men need more of that. They need to understand that uh, even though, you know, 
masculinity is, is kind of sat on this hill of, you know, you're independent, you're strong, you can do this on mm -hmm. your own. That's really not the truth. The truth is, is you really should tap into other people's experience. You know, the kind of like that elder or that mentor point of view where you, where you glean from other people's, um, experiences and, uh, life. And no, like, I didn't get that from my dad either. I mean, I, my dad's phenomenal and he walked me through so many things. I learned everything from him, but you don't ever talk about like what it was like right. a father. When yeah. You, I don't know I, if we forget about it or what. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's true. And I, I, I don't know either. I don't know if it's like, and I mean, it's not like a taboo topic, right? It's not something that's like, Ooh, stay away from that. It's, it's just that I think that men just, yeah, well, either they forget or they just like, not realize how big of a deal that is so they don't talk about it but it's a lot of work and it's a big deal especially if i always say if you set if you are a father who set high standards for yourself you're constantly self-evaluating constantly trying to figure out what you're doing right what could be improved and that could be frustrating at times because you could get down on yourself or you could start thinking you're not doing it the right way or something. So it's a big deal. <laughs> so I definitely think that the conversation is something that is worth having. Definitely worth having. Absolutely. And, and I'm all about like having deeper, meaningful conversations mm -hmm. with other men. So we don't feel like we're on an island and we're not trying to invent everything. Right. Uh, what do you feel like? And I, I this is going to be a tough question. What do you feel like no, the most important or most, you know, if you, if you had one chapter to give an expecting dad, what, or one topic or one thing, like what, do you, what is the most important or the most felt by, by fathers or for, by you during that, that situation? Um, man, that is a tough question. You got me there. <laughs> So there's one, uh, just to, let's go back to that past conversation, right? Let's, there's one part to this book that I speak about. I mentioned it briefly. I didn't really go into it too serious, but I said that there are three different fathers, right? There's the one who grew up without a father and is trying to prove that he could be everything his father wasn't for him. That is one struggle that men go through. Mm-hmm. There's the father, there's a, the person, there's a dad who had a father in his life. He was there, but he wasn't really there. That person has a different struggle. Then there is the father who had a really good dad, model dad. That person has a different struggle. So it doesn't matter what type of dad or what type of dad you had. Any man who decides, I want to take this fatherhood thing seriously, is going to go through some type of struggle some type of mental battle in their in their heads and my biggest thing would be if you're that dad who decides i want to take this as serious as possible remember to give yourself some grace right because you're not perfect and you're not going to get it a hundred percent correct so that would be that's what i've been trying to one have grace with myself and tell other men as well who i speak to like yo have grace with yourself because I know it's hard. Like, I know it's hard. Like, yes, if you're going to be a husband and a dad, <laughs> it's like, 
twice as hard. Mm -hmm. So I just say, try to give yourself as much grace as possible and know, and, you know, lean on other, other men who you can trust as well. Cause even though I might have a friend who had a model dad, we might find the same battles in our head because he's trying to be as good or better than his dad, which had like a really high bar set. And I'm trying to be better than my dad, which the bar might not have been as high as your dad, but I, I still go through the same process of trying to overcome these battles in my head and be the best that I could be. So that's one thing that I've, that was top of the mind i guess that's why that one came to mind but if you ask me tomorrow i might have something else who knows <laughs> yeah I... hey dads i am so grateful that you've made it this far if you are ready to pull the trigger book a call with this link right below if you're still with me i want to introduce you to angelo siso our fatherhood mastery coach angelo has 10 years of experience coaching men and we are really excited for him to bring the fatherhood mastery program to the brotherhood he has developed a four-week intensive program that is going to teach you the foundational elements of mastering fatherhood. Angelo is here to tell you a little bit more about the program. Thank you, Scott. So our four-week fatherhood mastery program really begins with thinking about everything from the foundations, from the ground up. First, we're going to talk about physical mastery, then mental mastery, emotional mastery and spiritual mastery and we're going to focus on giving you guys the tools and practices to be your best self best father and best husband thanks angelo hey guys be the father that your family deserves click apply here below and let's get this thing started that's a really good point and it's something that um you as a man you can either use it as an excuse or as a motivator you kind of hit that's on facts. and and the excuse tends to be the absent father, the, um, mm -hmm. the guy that runs or is emotionally unavailable. The motivator is typically, you know, the guy that is just doing everything he can, but we all have this, um, like this imposter syndrome or this, mm -hmm. this feeling like <laughs> I'm not equipped to do what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I don't think it's void of what your experience is. I don't know that any man comes into this thing with chest puffed up. Like I got this. This is so yeah. easy. because yeah. the second your wife has a meltdown, <laughs> all of that goes, all of that. You'll be up. humbled. <laughs> yes, sir. I agree with that. And I mean, that's, that's the other thing too. I feel like that's really important for men to know as well. Like your wife is not only changing physically, but she's changing mentally. She's changing emotionally. So you, I can't even tell you how to prepare for that, right? I just told you my experience. How you prepare for that, I think, is up to you. But most women go through that, and us as men don't even. You know, we were not expecting that. We we're just like, "Hey, I married you, and you were this way." And then you start having another human girl inside of you, and you're acting this way. But it's something that, at least, if you hear somebody say it, at least you know what to expect, how you decide to adjust to that, that's up to you, but at least you get the heads up, right? If I say, hey, there's a there's a trap over there, just be careful. It's up to you to decide when you reach that trap, how you're going to get over it, and that's up to you, but at least I gave you the heads up, right? Well, so. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're speaking um, really what it comes down to, in my humble opinion, is no matter where you're at in your marriage, your, your fathering, mm -hmm. whatever, 
you have to have a mindset of the responsibility is 100% your own. So mm-hmm. if I come into this is, is um, I am 100% responsible for uh, how I show up to the table today for my wife when she's pregnant. I'm 100% Great. responsible for how I show up on the day that she delivers. I'm 100% expect nothing from anyone else all of that just is a bonus so if your wife yeah. is in a wreck mentally or emotionally mm-hmm. um you're just giving and i think that's the only answer i can give that is actually will lead to success is just give give of yourself give of your time give of your ears of your emotions and then don't expect to be able to stop for the rest right. of your life no, that's- Man, that is so true that, that the one you said, give of your time is just like, that's to me, that's really important, right? Because a lot of the things that I was doing before, and I talked about in the book as well, like the extracurricular activities, I had to put on hold, which I honestly wasn't expecting to, right? Like I was, I remember talking to a friend and my friend was like, um, I think I had, I was doing boxing classes and my friend said, are you going to be like, when are you stopping boxing class? I was like, stopping for what? What are you talking about? It's like, well, <laughs> you probably not going to be able to come back to boxing class once Michelle has the baby. And I'm just like, no, I'll be, I'll be able to do that. I'll come like early in the morning or something. But then I realized I had to cut that out because the baby doesn't really have a, especially in the first few months, they don't really have a schedule. So that five o'clock that I was thinking, oh, I could just go to the gym and come right back he was up already and I needed to be there to hands on deck helping out. Cause then I go to work for like seven, eight. So that given of your time and then not expecting anything in return, that's, I think that's like a great way to put it. I remember one of my mentors told me, he said, don't even expect to have a glimmer of your wife of what she was before until that baby's around like two or three. And I was like, at the time, you know, I'm just like, yeah, all right, whatever. But he was right. (laughs) He was right. I had someone tell me once, um, and it was about family vacations, but I've seen it applied in so many areas. And I think having a baby would apply the same. You need to have a high sense of adventure and low expectations. So just know that every stage is an adventure. And by an adventure, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. And that adventure may be... (laughs) exhausting it may be exhilarating it may be those moments when your baby first falls asleep in your hands and you're like uh i can't even express this feeling i have right now i have a life created in my arms and you know we all go through those married emotions but if you have this high expectation of adventure low or high high what is it high sense of adventure low uh expectations you won't be disappointed you'll just be along for the ride and embrace and embrace this each step of the ride. So is I mean, that's good. Very wide that's really good. Thanks. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And, and it does work really good for family vacations. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. But you, you, you struck a, that your wife won't be the same. And like, mm-hmm. what I try to tell men is, Sure, she's going to change, but understand that if you cultivate your relationship correctly, and if you're the dad and the provider and the husband that gives time, really intentional time and intentional action, it may not be the same, but it'll be better. You just yeah. know it's going to be different. That is that is true. And um, uh, to be totally transparent is something that I'm still learning and still working on because um, 
I've been married longer than I have a son, but I feel like I have a better hold on my fatherhood than I do the husband. Like, unless, like someone recently asked me, so you're going to write a book on being a husband next? And I'm just like, I don't think I have enough experience for that yet, honestly. I feel like I need at least 15 or 20 years before I could. I, I actually agree. I've been married 26 years this July. and um, Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, I messed that up really royally uh, over and over again. And I still, you know, far, far, far from perfect, but about 20, 21, 22 years, like a lot of light bulbs went off and, and it's just one of those things that takes time. And, you know, um, how do you feel about this statement? And it's, uh, I won't tell you where I stand on it until after you answer. So I'm I'm not go ahead for sure. Um, Your, your marriage should be well, let, let me put it this way. Attention and um, focus should be on marriage before it's on your kids. Man, that's, 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 that's all. That's, that's, to me, that's it. That's, that's the real, that's the real talk. That's what it is. And it's hard to comprehend at times, honestly. Like I've had this conversation again, I've talking to my friends, Son of, son of guys are my friends. Actually, we just don't talk a lot of craziness. We actually talk sense sometimes. But um, that is a conversation that we've had, and it's hard to wrap your your mind around it. It's hard to it's hard to physically come out and say, "It's my wife, they're my kids." It's hard to say it, right? Because you're like, "It's kids," like you know, they're 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 babies. But that's how it should be. Like, that's how I believe it should be. And that's where the struggle is, honestly. Yeah. I think that's where the struggle is. And I, I think it's important to identify that. Like, yeah. kids are, parents can very easily just focus, turn all their focus in, you know, between work, between work and chores and taking care of the kids. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And that's a really, really fast track to disaster um, what I've seen over and over again, but it is hard. And I think we need to acknowledge that. And that's what I love about no. all these things we're talking about is just the fact that we have to acknowledge that life and these stages are ridiculously difficult. Yeah. I think you're really and blessed to have friends that want to have these conversations with you. I don't think that's normal. No. Yeah. Well, I, I might, I might have forced a couple of them, but Hey, we've had it. <laughs> so that just, to, just a to touch on that topic again, before I lose my train of thought real quick, but so that was something I was just thinking about because I do these Instagram videos from time to time and my, I wanted to make a video. It's like, and I, I, I've looked at it. I've looked at my son and I realized that he's observing every single thing. And part of being a great father in my household is me being a great husband because I'm setting an example for him that he is going to be able to apply to his wife when he gets a wife. So I was like, part of, I was thinking about one day, I was like, man, part of being a great dad is really being a great husband too. Like, so, and if I really want to reach that level of fatherhood, then I actually have to really make sure that my husband game is on point as well, if that makes sense. No, it does. It makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I'm a, I'm a dad, dad as well, or a boy dad as well. I have, I have two boys. I don't have, nice. kids, but I interview a lot of guys with girls and here's what I've heard over and over again is you also need to be, have that relationship with your wife because the girls will look for men who 
who treat them the way that their dad treats their mom. Gotcha. Yeah. And so if your focus is on the kids or is not really dialed in on the woman, your daughter is probably not looking for that as a trait and won't get treated that great. And so literally you're passing how you treat your wife down to the, the sentence for your daughter in her marriage, which is a really strong statement, but I believe a hundred percent true. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, man. That to me, that I can't argue with that one, honestly. And I don't even have a daughter, but I definitely know that that statement is true. Yeah. And I, that, and I know that if my boys know how to treat a woman, they're going to find the woman who came from a home where she, her mother was treated well. And that's, that's the legacy you want to see. You want to see that, that strength in family, that strength in relationship, that, that we're in this together. Um, Legacy carry on. Of course, we all are uh, fall short of a a lot of the things we're supposed to do, but. Right. But no, as I said, we just have to have grace with ourselves. Right. So um, you talk about postpartum. Is that something Mm -hmm. that you guys struggled with? That is something that we definitely struggled with. And it was, it's the last chapter, probably the hardest chapter to, to write. Took me probably the longest because it was literally living through that again. Mm-hmm. And my wife, she said, I'm not going to read that chapter until you publish the book. That's a lot. Yeah. Of yeah. She said, I'm not going to read that until you publish the book. And I said, fine. But it took me some time to write. But as yet, we definitely went through it. And as I said in the book, it's. I didn't know anything about it, right? Um, you don't get pregnant and start thinking about postpartum. You start thinking about what you're going to name the baby, uh, what sport he's going to play, uh, what kind of dad you're going to be, what kind of clothes you want to get for the baby. You don't start thinking about once the baby is born, even once the baby is born, you don't start thinking about that either. You're just like in this bliss of, my God, I have, a, I have a son, I have a child, I have another human being that I have to take care of. You might have the range of emotions, but you're not thinking about what may be going on mentally, chemically in your life. So definitely a harder chapter to write. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I, can imagine. I can imagine if she said she wasn't going to read it till it was published, that that was a little mm-hmm. bit of pressure because you're getting no input, right? It's all mm-hmm. from your perspective. It's all exactly. And that happened in the best way because then you get to see what my train of thought was as we went through this and it was wild i mean you could see in the book i wrote about the time we went to the doctor and the doctor they basically said she has post she's going through postpartum depression i got in the car and i was super quiet i was super silent i didn't in my mind i'm thinking does that mean she wants to hurt the baby? Should I call off from work? I didn't even stop to say, how do you feel? You know, I didn't even stop to say, what, okay, what are really your thoughts? What do you be thinking? What, what do you feel like? Nothing. I was, just, it was dead silent in the car. It's never, never a good thing, fellas. <laughs> if it's dead silent in the car, not even the music is, not even the people on the radio want to talk. <laughs> it's never a good thing. 
So I was like, because in my mind, you hear postpartum depression. What I thought about was, okay, she probably wants to hurt the baby. And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, we were so happy that we got this baby or that we were blessed with a child. Why do you want to hurt the baby? And I'm having crazy thoughts about, should I leave work and go home to make sure that, you know, the baby is fine. But it wasn't even that, but it, you just start making, because I didn't have that conversation, I started making up scenarios in my head or start thinking about the worst case scenario on this ride to work. So right back from the, the, the from the doctor. So it really is something that if you could, again, heads up, your wife could, up to you to know how to adjust, up to you to get the information on it, see how people deal with it. I told you how I dealt with it in my book. You could do the same or you could do something different. So I, Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> you're preparing for the baby. You're thinking through names, the room, the colors, mm -hmm. the clothes, the gift list, the, the, yeah. You, you're thinking through all the blissful things, but if, if a man could have a little bit of a, um, a peek behind the veil of what happens after. And like, literally that's really what's happening here is you're, you're walking through your experiences. It's like, uh, we're coming home and you know, um, what it's like at nighttime, <laughs> like, yeah. well, hang on to your hats boys because you're asleep <laughs> now gone. Um, yeah you know, adjustments and then, and then this postpartum, it's almost like you're sucker punched. It really is yep. sucker punched. Mm -hmm. I'd love for men to have this, this knowledge ahead of time. So it's not a sucker punch. I'm prepared. Uh, let me do some research on the best way to relate and support my wife who may go through postpartum. Right. And um, I just, I think it's probably not talked about a lot because, you know, we're walking on eggshells. Um, Man. So how did it end up, I'm curious, how did it end up after she read it post, post-production or post? So after she read it, she was like, wow, you, you, she was like, for one, you got it right. And she said, of, of course, she was like, you, the, you had the message really good. She was like, man, I wonder if people will think I'm crazy now. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that, you know, they, I think it's being talked about more now. And, and that just goes to show, right? It's not that it's not just talked about in around men is not talked about with women as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i was just like that is that is one it's cool that you're validating that i did a good job but it's just so because she did say she was like i wonder if people think i'm crazy and i'm like wow it's so not it's so like cliche and i talked about among women you would think women will just be talking about that all the time so that they know what to expect you know or what they could expect because not all women go through it but it's not so she was she was happy i mean she 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 was she was, she liked it <laughs> she liked that i was able to capture everything capture the feelings something she didn't even remember like the baby blues part when she called me and there was a part in there where she called me and said hey i figured out what i have because i would realize that there would be a swing of emotions they would be like i'd come home and she'd just be like stomping around the house like she's mad and then it would be like random cries happening where she just breaks in the tears. I'm like, what are you crying about? We have this beautiful baby. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I think I have baby blues. I'm like, what? We just had a baby. What do you mean baby blues? Like you want another kid right now? Like, what are you talking about? You know? So she, she you know, she read those things and she's like, I forgot I called you about that. And, you know, so she was just like, cause I, I didn't write down anything, but as I was going through the story, things came back to my head. I started remembering things and 
So there's something she didn't even remember. Yeah, I think it's it's incredible um, thinking through that. And I really like that you just you spoke to the fact of should I be nervous about my child's safety? I mean, those are yeah. questions and things that men think and are definitely not going to share with their wife. But to That's have true. that conversation and and be like, look, that is it is normal. It it, yeah. it is because you know you see these these rapid changes and these changes that, you know, this woman is like, who, who, who is this? And who just took yeah. over her body? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I called it, called the pastor. And something's <laughs> wrong. Here. We've got some major work to do here, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Just things that have to be talked about. And, and the, the sooner someone can get their hands on this conversation or the book or whatever, the, the better. Um, if you were to add chapter 11, you know, like, the you said your your son's three i think he's but you said so yeah what would you what would you add now and it had to flow or i could just jump to where he is right jump now to what, like just the important things i would say yeah. the three nature stage he's a three nature right now so everything is why everything <laughs> is <laughs> everything is i know um the debates are getting i would say the um not the debates the the negotiations are getting a little bit more 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 serious but he's just in that stage where he thinks that he knows and he thinks that he could go to his room and close the door and like i'm just like square up then let's fight if you, if you think he could <laughs> fight us fight you know so i mean just that and he, i mean he's teaching me so much in this stage um I actually have like a, a little talk I'm planning to do hopefully about that. Just how he's my unconventional mentor because he's teaching me so much in this, like how, because he's at that stage where he's outgoing, but it's still so innocent. You could drop him in any park and he would just go up to any random person and start talking to them, like any random kid and they will start playing things that we move away from as we get older. So this part of the journey obviously twos was nice um it was beautiful but not as he's three he could talk formulate words and he could negotiate his way into extra cookies i'm starting to learn things a lot in this i like i like this three major stage um the good and the bad that comes with it or the not so good that comes with it so chapter 11 That's, get ready for three major that is incredible you know i've never heard the term three major but it it fits so well and i remember having this conversation with multiple people and i and it's been confirmed every time you know you yeah. hear the terrible twos and i'm like no yeah. no it's three three yeah. like, it was for both of our boys yeah quite honestly it was worse than teenagers like i'm i'm serious every stage gets better it's really quite amazing the right. but three years old they're developing their voice they're developing that personality. Mm -hmm. They learn yep. that they can say no or, or like you said, negotiate. And I think that's such great advice for people. Like, I literally on the first one, I'm like, three's, two's over. It's, it's uphill from. I mean, it's, it's easy coasting. That's what, that's what I thought too. I was like, hey, we got over these two. It is these two where he's just throwing tantrums and stuff. Oof. Then you get to three, and you're like, hey man, nobody told me about this one. <laughs> Yeah. And then somewhere in their teens, they go right back to the to, to that <laughs> the stage that you're in right now. 
and, it, oh, and hopefully it's short-lived because what what you know i believe is you set the standard very early on here's my yeah. ex- expectations when i say x this is what i mean there's no mm-hmm. negotiating on these types of things and um you know that's such a fine line i mean it is such a fine line at three you want them to explore you want them to learn you want them to understand the world and consequences but you also want them to fail on their own it's incredibly exactly fail on their own and but i'm a firm believer if you can nail it down um teenager years are are gonna be a breeze and that's kind of what we found there's been struggles in the teenagers years but so much foundation was built with our kids early on and i'm not giving myself kudos my wife was phenomenal at this um that teenager years like it was like no 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 that's not okay behavior and then right force correction so i think the years you're in now are so incredibly pivotal and so incredibly important and they are uh, really hard i also love that you are using this you have the mindset that this is like a little i don't remember the term you use but it's a, it's a little mini mentor for you yeah it's like an unconventional mentor like who would think you would learn so much from a three-year-old right but he is definitely my uncle like i was in i'm writing this speech now and it's I have my sister and I'm talking about, he helps me at my job too, right? <laughs> like even things at work, I feel like I could apply it there as well, not just in life, but I have my sister, you know, she's gone ahead and be super established in medical industry, medical device industry, just like I'm in a medical device industry. I have people I talk to who are men who've just been like super um, established in one being a father, being a husband. And then there's him and it, it helps to just have random conversations, like just out of the blue, like this one. And just as an example, I was having this debate in my mind and obviously with my wife talking about whether I should apply for this job or not, because it will have travel. And it's just like my wife and I here, we don't have family around. So I know once I leave for travel, it's just going to be her funding for herself. And, you know, she's been a supportive wife that she's like, go for it. And I'm like, okay, cool. But then I ask him, I'm like, Ramir, so daddy's thinking about a new job and I won't be here, but, you know, it'll be a great opportunity for my career. He doesn't even know. I don't think he knows what I'm saying, right? I'm just like talking to him to see, just to see what comes out of his mouth. And eventually I say, oh, but I think, but I also make a little bit more money. And then he says, oh, so you'll buy me more dinosaurs? I said, yes. And he said, oh, that's good. And I was like, all right, well, there we go. I'm applying for the job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's such a journey. Parent, parenting is such a journey and, and making things like that, like, oh, this work is going to allow me or going to make me, give me more opportunity. I'm going away and you're going to look back in five years and know if that's the right decision. There's no way to know. Right. It, right. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Yeah. Hindsight is this 2020 vision. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's really uh, shaky ground. You have to be very very introspective and really look at what the big picture is after you're in it. Cause beforehand you're just making decisions based on, you know, logic. It's not the real, yeah, exactly really what it is. So um, I just want to encourage you through that because I mean, oh, yeah, don't, don't hold yourself accountable. I mean, hold yourself accountable, but always, always be evaluating. Don't go numb. This is what I did. Mm-hmm. Ryan is I went numb and just kept working. And instead of like looking in a mirror and saying, what is the result of your 80 hour weeks? Uh, Oh, 
wow, like I'm responsible for the breakdown in my relationship. I'm the responsible for not really having a great connection with my kids. So that's all I right. really do is always look in that mirror and ask you those questions. You're so introspective. You've already written a book about dad. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be a problem. That. Um, no, that's that's good advice. Don't get numb. That's I could definitely see that happening easily, honestly. Yeah, it's so easy to to chase a career in the in the in the realm in the terms I'm I am providing for my family when yeah. there's a lot of selfish ambition. But again, just if you keep it in check, I think there's a great balance out there. So I know you'll find it. That's the key word right there. That balance, boy. Yep. Trying to figure out that balance. Yeah. Uh, this is a good book. This is a great conversation. Thank you. Really, I appreciate it, of, Scott. A lot of light I on really do. that most men just don't talk about it. Um, I would encourage honestly, every man to pick up a copy just because we're all, if you have had kids, you're going to have people in your life that are going to ask you for advice or questions and you need to be prepared, be prepared, but mostly just like reading someone else's, someone else's experience and realizing that, Oh, Oh, I'm not the only one that went through that. Yeah. And then being having that to back up on where can people get your book? What in the fatherhood? Definitely. So what in the fatherhood, you could get it on Amazon. You go hit that books filter and then type in what in the fatherhood. I don't think there's another book called what in the fatherhood. So if you type in the exact title, funny story, that's um, the book title comes from, you know, you're sitting out one day after you had a baby after like two, three weeks, you slept a total of four hours in three weeks. And you're like, what in the fatherhood is going on right now? <laughs> and that's where the title comes from. So get it on Amazon. We have the physical copy out right now. The ebook will be out very, very soon. And you could, so you could read on your Kindle. You could download it, I believe, as a PDF as well, if I'm not mistaken, on Amazon. So awesome. on Amazon, that's where you can get it right now. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. And you, um, you have some affirmations in the back and some really definitely have some affirmations needed affirmations that I believe every man should, you know, feel about themselves and say to reassure themselves when they feel like where they're not feeling like that. Yeah. It's that's incredible. It's something I was really impressed with because we have to believe we have to project that we are worthy. We are, you know, we're going to fall short. We're going to screw yeah. up. I screw up, you know, with, with teenage boys, I screw up all the time. I screw up as a husband. I screw up as a friend. I screw up in every element of my life, but that doesn't right. define me. What defines me is um, how I learn and move forward in those. So I really love exactly. ended with those. Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, it really has. We'll put a link to the book also in the show notes. So folks, if you, uh, you, you want it. It'll be simple. Ryan, do you have anything else you want to share with the, with the audience? Yeah. I just want to say thank you very much, Scott. I appreciate it so much. Um, if you are one of the fathers, one of the men out there who are trying to be the best father you can be, um, aside from my book, that's great. But one of the things you could do is align yourself around other men who think the same way. And that's why I think um, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood is a, the Facebook group that was great because I got to see different perspectives and not just when Scott posts, but when somebody else posts a question and you go through the comments and see what people have to say about it, I feel like is it's super important because you get to see 
one val as Scott was saying, validate your feelings to see that you're not the only person going through what you're going through. And two, you might you might learn something, right? You might learn a different way of dealing with something, a different way of approaching something, a different way of thinking of something. So I just want to say, if you're not in the group, <laughs> get in the group. If you're not signed up for the event, um, I can't make the event. But if you could, definitely make the event because I think that's, that's just important because we need more men stepping up and being the best versions of themselves so that the next generation looking up could could be taught those ways and then it can go on for, for forever and ever so right, right. that's all i have to say and again thank you very much for having me i appreciate it thank you ryan and you quite, quite honestly uh just did what i do on the outro so i'm really pumped i don't <laughs> jeez no i'm it's sorry <laughs> no thank you everybody for listening and just do what ryan said join the group find other men to kind of connect with ask hard questions like don't hold yeah. it in put it out there because i've never seen a question come across um criticism it's always been greeted with love and understanding from other men which is something you really wouldn't expect but it's where it happens and that's what's so amazing about the group so again ryan thank you so much guys go buy that what in the fatherhood book no matter what stage in your your marriage or, or parenting um journey you're in it, there's a lot of uh, uh young wisdom to be gleaned from it thank you thank you everybody Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from the Brotherhood of Fatherhood.